1: Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Riddle, I'm here with Laura Heck. Today we're talking about how to ruin your marriage. Um, I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. Learning uh, about as much as you can about what's going wrong in order for it to point you toward what's going right. I found an article though from a guy, uh, several years old, who was twice divorced and was giving advice to his sister on the eve of her wedding. And uh, he comes up with 16 different ways to ruin your marriage. And um, I just found it really insightful and uh, thought-provoking. So we're going to pick a few of those and chat about them. And as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around.
0: Ah, I have so much to do today. And this is the third time we have recorded this podcast. It better be darn tootin' good. That's all I have to say.
1: I think it's going to be great. Um, (laughs) uh, Why do you have so much to do today?
0: (sighs) Um, because I am going to Maui tomorrow. I know I sound like so crestfallen saying that <laughs> but sometimes vacation is so hard. Um, do
1: you no, know what's super I, weird? What? I wrote an email last night to, um, doesn't really matter, but I used the word crestfallen, which I don't think I've used in like. Ten and, years. Now,
0: and now you've heard it twice in two days.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard me do it. And then I heard you do it. And I'm like, holy, yeah. wow, the universe wow. is conspiring to bring back Crestfallen.
0: <laughs> I'm actually pretty impressed. I mean, you're the one with like the crazy vocabulary that I used it um, just sort of out of the blue, because in the previous episodes that we have recorded and had to dump, I could not I couldn't figure out if I wanted to say hamper, tamper, ha- ha- whatever right it was. On. OK, <sighs> Anyway, I have a laundry list of stuff that, like honeydews that well, I need to I'm get really, done. I'm
1: really, I'm really sorry that you have to go to Maui tomorrow.
0: Want, want. Well, you know what? I just here's the thing that I had asked you is um, we're going and, and for four full days. So it's a very short Maui trip, but that's how I like my vacations is mm. to be kind of like a long weekend. Huh. And my husband has planned to golf three out of four of those days, and that was him. Uh, reeling it back in that was him saying like oh you mean I shouldn't golf four or five times while we're there um so oh. I just need to know ladies gentlemen what do we think about that should I be frustrated about it should I honor I, the fact I, that my husband it's probably, his vacation too
1: probably yeah. I, I would think so yeah um <sighs> especially because that just means you have to hang out with your your kid all by yourself all day long
0: yeah well, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I I think the thing is with golfing, it's a four hour endeavor, or at least uh-huh. that's what my husband tells me, because it doesn't take me that long when I golf. But <laughs> <laughs> it just takes him away for almost the entire time. But I also know that we all. Oh, my gosh. How funny is this? I feel like he's listening to me. I, my phone just vibrated and it was an invitation. Ryan Golf Wylea uh, on Sunday. Just wanted to remind though. me.
1: Oh, he, it's not him inviting you. It's just like, just him reminding know, it's you.
0: Just, it's just an FYI. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be present anyway. So cool. you're getting ready to go yeah. down to, um, Colorado Mexico. Yep. And that's what the whole family, right?
1: The four of us are going. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah. And we're we're but, all of us. Our mantra right now is we just need to get on a plane. Like everything is so crazy at the moment. It's like, just put, get us on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, um, I don't know about you, but when we go on vacation, there's very little planning. We literally just, we, as long as we know where we're staying, mm-hmm. um, there's no planning that goes into it. We get on the airplane and, and then we show up and that's when we go, okay, now what are we going to do?
1: Yeah. We go every <laughs> other year to Cabo. So we have a, a, a yeah. handful of things that are just kind of like our, our standards, like our standard go-to places and our mm-hmm. meals that we eat. And, and I think I've told you this, we have a magician.
0: Yes, you have. You've talked about your magician.
1: You if you're be ever friend. going to if you're ever going on vacation to Cabo San Lucas, you should contact me and I will help you get the magician who is amazing. He'll come to your dinner in town and he'll just do tricks at your table for like 20 minutes and <laughs> he'll blow your mind, I promise.
0: I'm so distracted because I keep getting all of these calendar invites uh, that my husband keeps sending me <laughs> of him going golfing. Hey, we have something that we're actually going to talk about today.
1: Yeah. And I kind of feel badly. I feel a little bit badly because here we are, sort of celebrating the opportunities that we have to connect with our spouses and especially in some exotic environments that many people maybe don't get the opportunity to do. And then we're about to lean into this topic, which is how to completely ruin your marriage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me tell you first of all, you make a bunch of golf commitments without yeah, your wife. First of all, you
1: spend 75% of your vacation away from the people that you went on vacation Exactly.
0: With. That is one way to blow it. I can't. Is it, I,
1: is uh, it just uh, the three of you. I mean, are you going to play golf? Um, I,
0: I don't enjoy golf. Like when I think about four days that we, it, we were members of a golf club. That is one mile from our house. So golfing to me is not something that I like look mm. forward to, to go to, to Hawaii. And there's probably people, listeners are like, come on, Laura, just get, drink the freaking Kool-Aid and go mm. golfing. But, um, I'm sure I will enjoy it. I'll have a couple of beers and I'll swing some clubs, but mm. I, I want to be on the beach and I want to be eating, um, ridiculous amounts of raw fish and all of that reading right books. And, yeah. Right on. taking selfies of myself washed up on shore,
1: obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so back to our topic, I, I, yeah. I've been doing a little bit of a purge, right? I've been kind of cleaning out a lot of just clutter in my office, but also in my inboxes. And um, so part of what I've done is found like drafts of emails that I started and mm-hmm. also um, just old articles that I saved for myself And I remember reading this one a long time ago and I saved it because I loved it. And I went back to it just this week and I thought, you know, this is really sharp. So for context, there's this guy, his name is Dan Pierce. And for about 10 years or so, he was an active blogger under kind of the heading of single dad laughing, I think was the title of it. He he's recently retired as a blogger. He's focused primarily now on art, um, But he's just cool. I remember reading some of his stuff and even just now kind of revisiting his, his, um, his main messages. He's just the kind of guy you want to be friends with. And so, um, but he was, um, having to give advice to his sister who was about to get married and this was on the heels of being divorced twice. And so, um, this article is just sort of 16 things that he's, um, suggesting. And I thought it might be a good context for us in terms of thinking about, um, how, how to, do it wrong. Because I think yeah. if you, if you yeah. know how to do it wrong, it opens the door to how to do it right. Um, sure. I've said many, many times that I can guarantee that a conversation is going to go poorly between Rebecca and I. And mm-hmm. the way that I do that is I wait till she gets in the shower. Yeah. I go into the next room, I turn on the te- television, probably a football game. I go into the next room and I pour myself a very stiff drink. And I say something like, Hey, babe, can we talk about our finances right now? And I, a hundred percent, that conversation is going to go poorly. Um, and so, so the alternative is to kind of reverse engineer it, right? you wait till she gets out of the shower. You say, Hey, can I get 10 minutes of your time to go over the budget whenever you're ready? And you sort of set yourself up for success. And I think, um, that makes a lot more sense to me when I understand how to, to do it wrong. And so that's the premise of this article that I found. And it was really about, you know, what, what should you, you know, what did, what did he, offer up um, based on his experience of having destroyed two relationships. So um, I thought we would pick a couple and just riff on them for a little bit.
0: Well, I think here's one that I like is stop, stop. Oh, oh, don't stop trying to be attractive. And um, I had mentioned, uh, I don't know, probably in one of our previous episodes. Is
1: anyone surprised that that's the one that Laura gravitated to?
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) I do. I just think it's so important. And I went through such a phase where Um, Oh, you know what? This is something I had mentioned a while ago. And I don't know if it was on the podcast. But um, I had told my husband, I said, you get to go through my closet and you get to pull three things from my closet Hmm. that you hate, that you hate that I wear. And I get to do the same. I probably offered this up because there was like a pair of jeans that I wanted to throw out. But Hmm. I... Yeah, I just wanted to put, set the wheels in motion. And he pulled out my gray sweats, you know, like the typical holy gray mm. sweats. And um, and he pulled out also like this old nasty robe that I had been wearing. Truth be told, here's a silly story Um, for, I would say, maybe about six years of uh, my husband and I's first six years of being married. I wore his old childhood robe. We had gone home to Mm. visit his mother and father. And in his closet, his old childhood closet, he had a robe and the robe was meant for a 12 year old boy. And it's a full length robe. And his, brother, his father had brought it back from, I think, Guatemala for him when he was traveling. And I fell mm-hmm. in love with the robe. And it's an old terry cloth one. And I started wearing it. And of course, you know, it hit me like mid-thigh. It was a shorty, like a shorty <laughs> robe on me because it's meant for a 12-year-old boy. Um, And it ended up being super threadbare and after a while. And I still continued to wear it. And that was one of the things that he had gone through and gotten rid of. And I mm-hmm. loved that activity of just going through because... We wear sometimes the most comfortable, nasty things in front of our spouse. And uh-huh. then the moment we walk out the door is when we start to slap on a little lipstick, straighten our hair. And uh-huh. um, and I do think that we p- should pay more attention to the way that we look when we are at home. So um, I'm more conscious uh, now of what I wear when I'm home and try uh-huh. and make sure that my loungy clothes are at least somewhat cute on me and attractive. But it takes effort. Anyway, yeah, right on. Um, I had just,
1: I have my, just. My, my, the, my bar is, I, 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 I try to proactively not look like a slob. That's okay. Like, that's like how high my bar is when it comes to trying to be attractive. <laughs> at forty-seven, so at forty-seven, Rebecca is much more interested in me, like being alive and healthy uh-huh, uh-huh. than than like pretty.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't mind. I just recently, this is such a side note, met one of the most um, fit in shape, 60 year old men that I had ever met. And now my bar is so much higher. (laughs)
1: So
0: I think maybe, maybe Rebecca just needs to spend time with some really, really sexy, attractive 47 year old men. And the bar will be just a touch higher for you. Just saying,
1: um, Um, which one drew your attention? Well, I think I want to, what I want to do is, try and understand the consequence of, of stopping, trying to be attractive. I understand the, the, so don't try to, don't stop trying to be attractive, right? What's the consequence of that if you do? And I think to your point, it's almost like a lack of risk of self-respect and respect for Mm -hmm. your partner. And Mm -hmm. it's hard, particularly when you don't have self-respect to invite your partner to respect you, you know? Wow. And I don't think that, I don't think that's limited to your appearance, right? You can be unattractive on the inside too, right? If you, if you just sort of, um, you know, become, become grouchy and angry all the time and essentially not enjoying the, the opportunity to be grateful about your life, it's hard for your partner to be grateful about being in your life. So mm-hmm. that's one that I, that's, I think my reflection on that's this idea of don't stop trying to be attractive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, I remember the one that I liked. It was, um, uh, don't stop having fun together. I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. Um, and, and, um, the, the point that I come back to, and I think this is happening over and over again in my practice right now, as thi- as things tend to do, right. They tend to, themes tend to pile up yeah. for me, yeah. um, yeah. kind of like, um, what was that word? Crestfallen. It's sort of like, once you, <laughs> once you see it once you like, you can't stop seeing it or when you buy that car. And, um, everybody has the same car as you. Um, Mm -hmm. but to me, it's this idea that you, you must absolutely continue to play. Um, when, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon to say relationships take work. They do take work. That's, that's very true. And you have to work on your relationship, but I think you, you also have to play. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like golf or tennis. It can literally be, um,
0: Board game. in the kitchen yeah. or a board game yeah
1: so um he he had this part of this article that pierce has written is this idea of if i had to do it over when he said i'd make a rule with her that we'd never stay home two weekends in a row which mm-hmm. is um which is just a way of saying getting out of here and getting into yeah. the world and getting into even discovery is um is a, is a value for me and i mm. i like that you know um yeah. Do you know what I
0: did this weekend? uh,
1: uh, Yeah. No, I don't know what you did this weekend.
0: Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. Um, You obviously haven't been stalking me on social media.
1: Uh, That is true.
0: I have a hard time. We travel so often. And usually that travel, it revolves around working. I, I teach mm-hmm. and then I do workshops and then I'm speaking. And usually I try to make it on a weekend so that I'm not missing out on weekdays. Um, but we so rarely are we ever home two weekends in a row. And we it just so happened that we were going to be. And that was when I looked at my husband. I said, we should get the camper out. We need to get we need to go do some some camping. And so we took our trailer that hasn't seen snow yet. And we took it up to the mountain. And we spent the night at the mountain um, in the parking lot for two nights in a row. And there was this overwhelming joy that came across my body and just like my head and my heart, everything just driving up to the mountain because it was the anticipation of fun and play with my family. And we were literally going... 20 miles away from our house to mm. the mountain, but it was just being trapped in a different environment where we're not distracted by work, where we, there's so much more opportunity to play. And it, sure. I just, I love that idea of not being home two weekends in a row.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. What else did you, how else do you play? I mean, I know that you have some fun examples about how your family plays and I love it. It's just so simple. It's just playfulness. If
1: yeah. You will. I mean, we use music a lot. I mean, music yeah. is, is pretty common in our house. Um, and, and we will use it intentionally to change the tone. Like if people are just like uptight or, you know, kind of yeah. stressed out, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll throw on, I'll just find some, you know, poppy artist Particularly one that we haven't heard in a while, and the family will go, Oh, you know, like, and it sort of changes the whole tune. Um, Mary, my younger daughter, and I are both kind of um, really into card games, so we play. I I went through this uh phase where I was proactively seeking out um games that only two people could play. Hmm. Um, so there's lots of games that two to five people can play, or two to six people, but like, what are some strictly two player games? And that was fun. Um, and, and fun, it was fun because it was. Um it was fun to like anticipate whether or not Rebecca and I would enjoy playing these games. I mean, um some I could immediately rule out and some would be like, hmm, let's try let's try this. And in fact we have a game that we regularly play in Cabo um that I'm looking forward to playing. Like it's it's not quite getting getting in a camper, but it's still the same <laughs> thing. It's this anticipation of I know we're gonna be sitting there just playing just like throwing cards down and enjoying yeah. A different, a different kind of environment.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. We play a lot of card games, and it's kind of died off just a little bit. But it's more um, taking the time to not do other things. Like it's almost like yeah. we can fill our time with work quite often or um just like wiping the counter down all of that and it's it's so hard to just focus on I'm not going to do this and it's so much easier for me to actually get remove myself from the home sure. which is why why I think play is so great. But um it's almost like we should have these little triggers. For me it's hard to play in the home because I'm distracted by work and if if I'm in the home, how can I establish these little visual cues of play around the house that remind me to play? And it could just be in the middle of the dining room table. We have our stack of playing cards mm. or, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like other ways that people By pe- the way, did you play. check
1: out that, that deck that um, Created With Love gave us? Um, it, it's, it's really, Ooh. really cool. It's just like a, it's a it's like the 52 date deck or something. Um, yeah. Rebecca and I took it out last weekend and just kind of kind of messed around with it a little bit. If, if you're struggling at all just to create any kind of traction in the area of play. Yeah. That's at least an easy one. Um,
0: the created with love. You're so right. Okay. So it's, was that our very last episode?
1: No, it was a couple, it was the date night episode. It was a couple ago, but, um, it's, but, yeah. but our
0: episodes coming out, I think right as, so the Valentine's day special is still on just so you, if, if somebody's just listening to this and they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this one won't,
1: this one won't be, this will be after Valentine's day.
0: It'll be after Valentine's day. Yeah. Oh, nuts. Okay. Well, maybe that doesn't still mean you can't on. invest in
1: dating your wife or your husband. That's so you know? true. So and you can still love. get $5 off. Dot com slash MTR, I think. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Um, So, okay, wait, 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 let's go back to this. What is the consequence of not playing?
0: Well, um, here's what I think. I think that when you play, you have a lot more humor with one another and a a lot more. mm, Yeah, I would just say humor. And I think that humor is what gets us through some of the hardest times in our lives. Mm. And oftentimes we have to invest now in a relationship that's filled with humor and filled with play so that we can get through the unexpected times of the future that we aren't anticipating the really rocky times, the tough moments where it's like, you know, we've, we've been playing for the last several months or we played this morning and I have this goodwill and humor toward my partner. And it's so much easier to get through that difficult conversation if you've played.
1: Yeah. All right. I I buy that for a dollar. Um, I think it, I think, um, The consequence in my mind is that you have to work that much harder to fill up the emotional bank account, right? That's a big uh, sort of theme that we have to, I mean, I think play accelerates that process, right? You get kind of a, a more hearty investment in the emotional bank account when, when play and humor and laughter are present in the Mm -hmm. relationship. So the consequence is just that you have to work that much harder and that's not a bad thing to do to work. Um, but it isn't, you don't get as much R, ROI, I think ROI mm. return on, yeah. Return on investment. Yeah. Return on
0: investment. yeah.
1: Um, let's do two more. Cause I, I know I want to talk about this one, which is, well, there's two that I sort of disagree with, although I think we can have a hearty conversation about this. The one is, um, don't fight in front of your children. What do you think? Well, <laughs> don't argue don't in front fight. of the kids. He don't says that hold on, this is what he says. He says, there was never any argument that was so important or pressing that we couldn't wait until, to wait to have it until the kids weren't there. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist or a super shrink to know why fighting in front of the kids is so dangerous and selfish. What is a dangerous and selfish way of doing things? That's not a bad, Mm. that's not a bad perspective, but I think it, I think there's, I think I would reframe it just a little bit.
0: Yeah, I would too. Uh, My first stab at this is that oftentimes people equate arguing with Fighting, Mm. arguing and fighting, arguing to me insinuates that there's two people, two different points of view. And that is something that I think is incredibly important to have and to Mm. show um, your child that you can have a civil discussion with one another where you don't see eye to eye. And I do think we need to have those conversations in front of children. Um, fighting is something different. Mm-hmm. Fighting implies that you're fighting, that you are having conflict in the wrong way, mm. that you're critical of your partner or maybe you're cursing, you're raising your voice. And no, I, if you don't know how to have a civil discussion where you have two opposing points of view, if you don't know how to do that, then don't don't do it in front of your kids. But if you can have a conversation and say, you know what? I don't see it that way. Here's how I see it. Then absolutely. But um, the rule of thumb that I think a lot of people do is that they, they're in the middle of a minivan in traffic. Mom and dad start to have a disagreement. It kind of blows up in front of the kids. And then there's no sort of, um, I'm going to say resolve because I know that you're going to. (laughs) You don't have to. You're going
1: to. Oh, so there's Thanks for teeing me up. (laughs) You don't have to do that.
0: (laughs) I don't have to tee you up, but there's no repair. And that's what I think is missing that if you're going to have these conversations in front of your kids and show them, model to them what it's like to have an opposing point of view and maybe even model you losing your cool, then you sure as hell had better show them the full circle of what it looks like to repair with your partner. And that's where I think where um, most people are missing out is that they're having these disagreements in front of the kids, but they're not repairing in front of the kids. Mm,
1: yeah. So if I go back to my kind of my money question is what's the consequence of arguing in front of the kids? Um, mm. The consequence is that they worry about you. Right. And they they mm. they worry about whether or not there's a secure attachment in their home. Um, and I think they should worry about you, particularly if they're arguing or fighting in the way that you're describing. And I also think that if you're going to argue and even fight, it's really important, as you noted, to, to model repair, because Mm -hmm. the worst part of not arguing in front of the kids is that your kids don't learn how to argue. Um, and they need to, they need to learn how to engage conflict respectfully and they need to learn how to, how to repair respectfully. But So I appreciate the nuance there, but, um, yeah, don't argue Mm. in front of the kids.
0: Um, here's, I would just just
1: expand it as we did. Yeah. All right. And then you, uh, we're, 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 uh, let's do one more, which is,
0: I get to share one. Yeah. Um, did you have one that you wanted to talk about?
1: I know you had one that you wanted to talk about. It's number 10.
0: Is it? Hold on. Let me go back. No, I don't want to talk about that one. Okay. No. That's fine. What's
1: number 10? What's number 10? (laughs) No, no, no. no,
0: I will. I will. It says don't poop in front of each other. I think that's bullshit. I really do. Hmm. But I can understand. I actually haven't read what he has to say about it, but I did just listen to a, a TED Talk and I'm applying the knowledge that I gained from this TED Talk. But it if pooping in front of each other means that you have a safe environment where you can be vulnerable with one another and you can just kind of let it all hang out. That's cool. Um, in my household, we, we very much so have an open door policy to the point where I've had contractors walking in. I'm like, Oh, let me go ahead and close that door. Um, but, uh, Esther Perel actually had just shared, um, in her TED Talk, she was talking about this contrast and this balance that we need in relationships that oftentimes there's this level of familiarity, which provides safety and security, pooping with the door open. And then um, there's this level of mystery and novelty. Mm -hmm. And that's where desire comes into play. And perhaps if you're love life is lacking in desire, that might be, um, an opportunity to close the door while you're pooping.
1: (laughs) I think that's the argument he's making is that there's, um, that there's a, cause I would put, I would put this in the category of physical intimacy, right? It's a, it's a privilege that you have inside Mm -hmm. your marriage that, that, that even for example, you and I don't have, like you and I aren't going to the bathroom with the door open, um, because we don't share that kind of physical intimacy, but I think you do have that inside of your relationship. The question is whether or not you need to or should exercise it. And I think his argument is really about um, kind of uh, setting your partner up to see you in the best light. (laughs) He literally says, third of all, there's literally no way to make pooping attractive. Um, And when she does think of your naked body, she's not going to be thinking about it in a grunting squatting position. (laughs) So I understand (laughs) the merits of that piece of it. Um, And I still want to ask, like, what's the consequence what's the consequence of pooping with the bathroom door open? And and, um, I think it probably is exactly what you're saying. Like there's no mystery. There's no, um, uh, which I think is just cool to have in a marriage, not deception, but discovery, like the opportunity for discovery. And Mm -hmm. that, that has Mm -hmm. to come through mystery. And so, um, Mm
0: -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of a side note because I'm kind of on this frustrating. Can I just, I I just want (laughs) to, here's, Here's what it's like to be in a relationship with a man who is so um, aware. So I start off frustrated because I'm telling you, this is real ongoing struggle that I'm going through is we're getting ready to leave on this vacation. Husband is actively planning our vacation by going on mini golf adventures. <coughs> and I share with him via text, just, you know, how I'm trying to get over this. I understand it's his vacation too. I'm frustrated. And he said, what part of this is frustrating you? Is it mm. the amount of time taken away from you? Is it the money? I can see how this can be frustrating. I just want to understand your frustration. Go ahead and share with me. And he he is genuinely like sitting there at the car wash, texting this to me, being the most amazing husband. Um, but I just wanted to pull that full circle so that you can see what, conflict looks like in in real time and i recognize by the way that texting your partner with your frustrations is not usually the best case scenario but it was on my mind and i was having to tell him that i was throwing him under the bus on the podcast <laughs> I love it. via text. but yeah. i wanted i wanted everyone to see just how amazing it is so if you're wondering what my frustration is we're doing real life therapy right here i think it's the time away
1: mm. personally right on
0: um, yeah. And that's so, legit
1: that you, I mean, it's cool that you want that and it's legit that it's important to you. And ideally yeah. he, he somehow kind of completes the transaction, right? Um, yeah. That he gives back to you the time that he's taking away somehow. Um, yeah, yeah. Some sort of compromise. <sighs> well, listen, so you leave tomorrow, um, uh, just the three of you going.
0: No, so it's the three of us and then my mother and father-in-law. So we're all traveling together, staying in two separate hotel rooms uh, at the same resort. We're using uh, all cool. the points. This is what happens Jeez. when you travel for work is you get to use it all on points to go on vacation, which is great.
1: That's cool. Your mother-in-law thinks I'm hilarious, by the way.
0: Yeah, You keep saying that, but um, she hasn't said that recently. You're just going on old knowledge.
1: No, it's true. Yeah. Um, I think I'm one I of her favorite hilarious. people. Um, you're one of my favorite people. Oh, that's sweet. Well, have a great trip. I'm going to have a great trip. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and just again, for the record, my family doesn't travel that often at all. And I don't, I, it's not like I'm jetting off all over the world all the time. Um, I'm a homebody and I'm, um, just excited about opportunities that are arising. So
0: yeah. Take some pictures in your little swimmer shorts for me.
1: Oh, I don't think I'm taking those, but I'm taking the board shorts.
0: Oh, there we go. My board shorts
1: and my dad bod. (laughs) Um, I gotta go. I gotta go.
0: All right. Okay. Adios. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Hey, exciting news. Zach's new book, The Marriage Therapy Journal, is available for purchase on February 29th. It's leap day. So if you want to check it out, you can go to the website, MarriageTherapyJournal.com, or you can find it on Amazon.com. I also have a favor to ask you. If you're not going to buy his book, would you give us a review? It's not easy to do. You actually have to go to iTunes to give us a review, but we would love, love, love to stack as many positive reviews as possible. That's how people find really great um, new podcasts and episodes, and we want to promote this one as much as possible. So thank you so much for all of your time and and energy, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death